0: Welcome to Truth Beauty Chaos, Series 1, Episode 1, Disorder. It's called SEPA, Congenital Insensitivity to Pain with anhydrosis. A lovely little disorder affecting the nervous system that won't allow you to feel pain, heat, or cold. No nerve-ending sensational experience would be known to you. Anhidrosis just means you don't sweat. What's really disappointing about this particular disorder is you can't experience a physical orgasm. Only 35 people alive in America have it. Only 85 cases were ever recorded in the United States. The rest are dead now. You're born with it, thus congenital, and all my life growing up I'd come home bruised from bouncing around fiercely in the playground at daycare. Cuts and blood laced my arms when I ran through the bushes with my friends on the way back home from school. My mother always wondered why I never cried or complained about the inches of skin that would shear from my arm time to time. When I was twelve, like little girls do, I started to notice things obviously popping up on my body where previously there hadn't been a single anomaly. Girls at school had told me before that putting your hand over your crotch and moving it a little tickled and felt kind of funny, especially when you brushed the hairs and what lay just beneath them. Well, of course I tried it, and I thought, these girls are crazy, I don't feel anything, No tickling. No tingling. Nothing. I figured I must be doing something wrong, so I pushed a little harder, moving slower so I didn't miss anything. The tips of two fingers fell into my body when I pushed. My fingers felt wet, but I couldn't say why. My mother walked in on me doing this, and I pulled my hand away immediately. She just looked shocked at first, then walked over to where I sat on my pink felt throw on my bed, underwear still down around my ankles, but me covered in my denim mini skirt, little plastic purple sparkles dancing stars down my thighs, and sat next to me. Do you know what you were doing, Mia? She asked me. I shook my head. Well, I'm sure you felt different when you did it. It's okay, Mia. Sweetie, you can tell me again, I just shook my head, I looked down, never bringing my eyes up to look at her for the mere fact that she saw me touching my body in such a place, when I told her I didn't feel different, she looked like some sort of scared, next thing I knew, we were in her car on the way to the doctor's, at the doctor's office, we sat waiting for the plastic, perfect receptionist to call us in. The receptionist was filing her nails, letting phones ring unanswered. I was sitting in a vinyl-wrapped wood frame chair, seemingly crafted for someone with a square ass. My feet dangled two or so inches above the ground, swinging back and forth. The wood of the chair was splintering the faster they swing, the splinters standing and pushing into the back of my calves. Small streaks of red are siphoned slowly from the lifted skin surrounding each splinter. This blood I leave behind, running thin in the cracks of the wood. This is me, and just about the only part of me that can feel anything. The cells react to the adverse environment. Macrophages try to eliminate the contaminants in the wood. The oxygen of the room, of the air everywhere, kills it. Before it ever has time to act, though, dead. Cherry and I have been together for a little over 10 years. We've been married for five of them. We met each other at the hospital. He was a PA, a physician's assistant. Cherry was. I was assigned to the major's area of the emergency room. People were bleeding everywhere you turned to look, or crying, or screaming. Jerry was just finishing suturing a kid's wrists, 18 stitches from breaking a window. He was going to be fine, but the windshield he almost flew through, it didn't look so good. I was 17 and half of my tongue was hanging out of my mouth. The rest was split into two parts, sitting in a pool of blood still inside my mouth. This is what happens when you don't feel yourself biting down hard on your tongue while you sleep, grinding your teeth over the rough top and smooth bottom of your tongue until they meet, your teeth and the opposite sides of your tongue. Your tongue free floats in its own blood when your frenular artery, the thick band of vein between your tongue and the floor of the mouth, is severed Jerry was walking by my room, taking blood-flecked, latex rubber gloves off his sweating hands. The latex snapped and a few drops of kid blood came onto his face. I couldn't help but giggle at the reaction he had. My tongue bounced up and down on my chin as I did. More blood flowed from my flapping artery. Jerry asked me, ''Doesn't that hurt?'' He was talking about my tongue. I told him it probably would if I could even feel it. He pinched my tongue. The part hanging out of my mouth, Cherry pulled on it and I just smiled. I could see how fascinated he was that it didn't bother me. He kept pulling and my tongue disappeared back in my footed mouth. But the tip, it was still between his fingers. He just kissed it and put it into the front pocket of the scrub top he was wearing. He whispered into my ear and walked out, throwing the latex rubber gloves into a bin labeled biohazard. Then he was gone, rolling my head back to give the impression I'm full of ignorance and ecstasy. I see the clock on the floor next to the bed. Upside down, it tells me two hours have passed and he's finally quitting. He's breathing hard and sweating rivulets of perspiration like a waterfall between his eyebrows and crawling on the edges of his chin, my body still dry where he hasn't been, still pale and prickled like freshly powdered ceramic. He's happy. I can't be. He's fulfilled. I should be, he whispers thank you into my ear. He says he loves me. I love you, Mia. Can you really love a person when you can't feel the connection you've worked so hard to develop? I lie, I think, and tell him I love him too.